0: With Back to God Ministries, how's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved, listen, we are going to talk about today. How to know if you are still a slave to sin. Mm-hmm. Listen, are you an outlaw? Do you practice lawlessness? Or are you, in fact, a rebel, a slave to sin? Let me just come out and ask you straight to your face. Do you obey God? Do you even listen to him? Are you calling yourself a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? And you still deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practice sin? Huh? Do you? Listen. We keep playing with God like this, and he will turn us over to a reprobate mind. And you don't ever want that, my friend. Look, the phrase reprobate mind is found in Romans 1.28 in reference to those whom God has rejected as godless and wicked. They, according to verse 18, suppress the truth by their wickedness. Amen. And it is upon these people that the wrath of God rests. The Greek word translated reprobate in the New Testament, literally means unapproved, that is, rejected by implication, worthless. In essence, people who are classified as having a reprobate mind have some knowledge of God and perhaps know of his commandments. However, they live in pure lives and have very little desire to please God. Those who have reprobate minds live corrupt and selfish lives. Sin is justified. Sin is acceptable. The reprobate are those whom God has rejected and left to their own devices. Okay? Keep playing. I'm telling you, beloved, God is no one to play with. So let us pray because we need to find out if we are still a slave to sin all the while claiming Jesus' name as Lord and Savior. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we honor you this day with our worship of obedience. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being long-suffering. Thank you for being Compassionate, kind, and love. We are forever eternally grateful that you sent us, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save our wretched souls from your righteous condemnation. Father, had it not been for the Lord Jesus Christ dying, on the cross for our sins, we will still be hell bound. Your word says in Psalm 7, 11 to 17, God is a just God. And God is angry with the wicked every day if he does not turn back he will sharpen his sword he bends his bow his bow and makes it ready he also prepares for himself instruments of death he makes his arrows into fiery shafts behold the wicked bring forth iniqu- iniquity yes he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out, and he has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown." I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Amen. Father, we lift up clean, holy, righteous hands unto you this day. We give you reverence. Hallowed be thy holy name. Father, may your kingdom come. Thank you. Thank you for supplying all of our needs today. And Father, I ask for wisdom. Show me your ways. Teach me your ways, Father. No longer do I want to walk in the ways of this world. I renounce the world, I renounce all sinful behavior. Help me, Father, to stay on the path that is straight and narrow. And Father, I pray, I plead on behalf of my brothers and sisters that we do not associate with bad company because bad company will corrupt our good morals. And Father, I pray. That my brethren live repentant lives, producing good fruit of righteousness that will back up their faith. May we all repent. May we all stay out of willful sin. Christ Jesus paid our sin debt with his life. He reconciled us back to you, Father. Therefore, sin is no longer our master. We are dead to sin and alive to Christ. Show us, Father, strengthen us how to maintain this walk in sanctification because father our focus is on eternity we know this life is nothing but a vapor. according to Hebrews 9:27 it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment. Father, we know every last single person on the face of this flat earth will be held accountable to the Lord Jesus Christ once the body suit drops to the ground. May we stand before His beamer seat to give an account how we lived as born again new testament under grace followers of the lord jesus christ because those works will be tried by the fire to see what we were really working with father so i pray that we continue to abide in christ jesus producing good fruit may you by your grace Continue to prune us, cut us, cultivate us so that we can produce even richer fruit, finer fruit, all for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. We are Once again, going to be in first John three, because beloved, listen, we have a lot of counterfeiters in the body of Christ. They pretend to be sheep, but all the while they are wolves. Listen, let us never forget wolves in sheep's clothing are not always in the pulpit. They are right there sitting next to you in them pews. And so it's it's a really sad commentary to even have to keep bringing this to the forefront because the more time we spend in the body of Christ, We see a lot of people who claim the name of Jesus are not really his sheep. He, excuse me, he tells us in John 10, 27, who is truly his sheep. He says, matter of fact, don't take my word for it. Let's, let's come on over here. So let's. Go on in real time, take a a trip over here because a lot of people claim, oh, no man can snatch me out of Jesus' hand. But guess what? You are doing the most to not stay in his hand. Listen, he said, the sheep that are my own hear my voice and Listen to me. I know them and they follow me. Amen. So if we are not listening, following and obeying Christ Jesus, then we are not his sheep. And I'm talking about habitually, consistently on purpose. You disobey Jesus. You, you don't want to follow his teachings, especially when they get in the way of your sin. Beloved, we cannot live like that. Listen, he says, where are we at? Uh-huh. Verse 28 of John 10. Just as he finished finish saying, who his true sheep are, he says, and I give them, I give them eternal life. And they will never, ever, by any means, perish. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. My father, verse 29, who has given them to me, is greater and mightier mightier than all. And no one is able to snatch them. Them who? Them who listens and obeys and follow Jesus Christ consistently, habitually, and constantly not just sometimes when you want to be quote-unquote spiritual. Listen, he says, My Father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one, in essence and in nature. Amen. So, beloved, time is running out, and we must be prepared to meet the King of Glory. So, that is why we will be back over here in 1 John 3, because we must analyze, thank you, Holy Spirit, where we truly are in the faith. Are we still a slave to sin? In order to know what that looks like, we must come over here to 1 John 3 because he tells us in verse 9, No one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually Practices sin. Why? Because God's seed, His principle of life, the essence of His righteous character, the righteousness of God, who He is, lives, beloved, on the inside of every born again believer. And because of that, John is saying that how God's seed remains permanently, permanently in Him who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for His purpose. And he who is born again, guess what, beloved, cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin. Why? Because he is born of God and longs to please him. Amen. So there we go, as I drink my, my hot, Apple and cranberry tea this morning. Mm -hmm. Beloved. John just told us. Those who are truly born again. You got to understand what is happening. What has happened to your dead spirit. Before you came to Christ. We all had a dead Fallen spirit because of Adam. Right? Read Genesis chapter three. Now that we are born again, well that old nature, that old dead that old dead spirit got regenerated. It was transformed. It has been renewed. It has been born again. We've experienced a new birth. What's living on the inside of us now is God's righteous character. Therefore, with all all of his righteous character living on the inside of us, not to mention Holy Spirit, not to mention Jesus Christ. We literally, spiritually have the kingdom of God living on the inside of us. And John is saying, because of that, because of that very reason, the person who is born again, Cannot habitually, what well he says, habitually live a life characterized by sin anymore because of the fact that he has been born anew. And therefore, he cannot. It is no longer possible for this person and I am a witness, and I'm not the only one, this is true, I'm telling you what I know, okay, because if you, if you had met me, let's say, mm, about five years ago, Me claiming the name, but I'm living a life characterized by sin, not to mention in my second adulterous remarriage and didn't even know I was living in adultery. Don't get me started on that whole teaching on divorce and remarriage equals adultery. I was not aware of the the true interpretation of that teaching until after I was divorced so because we are born again John who was who was led by the holy spirit to write the wisdom of God down he is telling us those who are born again now have God's seed in him. The very essence of his righteous character lives on the inside of you. So it's not about you being self-righteous. We have God's righteous character. So no longer because we know God hates sin. And because we have that righteous character living on the inside of us now, well, guess what? We hate sin too. We hate it. We despise it. We ain't looking to participate in it willfully any longer. You want to know why? Something happened to us. This is not about our will that we just going to just put away sin and and by my own will I'm not doing it anymore because we know that only lasts about a quick hot second and then we'll right back in sin something happened at the new birth and this as we will see, as we go on in this book, we will see that it is impossible to go on living a lifestyle that is characterized, cultivated by sin. Is not possible. Why? John told us why it's not possible. And so for anyone to tell you it is impossible to stop sinning, do not have God's righteous character living on the inside of us. So um, of that person, whose word are you going to take? Are you going to take God's word about what happened to the born again person? Or are you going to take the word. Of a reprobate. Of an apostate. Or worse yet. A false brethren. Who don't want to settle down in their spirit. And allow Holy Spirit. To sanctify them. If they ever were born again. So. If we find ourselves struggling in habitual sin, we got to go back to the father to find out, are we truly born again? Because now, obviously on day one of coming to Christ, there's still a lot of stuff in us that has to be gutted out. And, and, It's going to take some time. But guess what? The mindset, okay? Because this is where repentance takes place in the mind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It takes place in the mind because it's not about just stop sinning. It's about changing the way you think about sin. No longer... Is sin the big time fun? No longer do you think that God is playing when he said that the wages of sin is death. You and I will be eternally separated from God, from the son over here tormenting day and night with no relief in the lake of fire. Do you want to live a life where God has to constantly tell you to stop sinning? How many times must he sin, trouble, trial, and tribulation, and discipline, and chastening your way before you get the memo? I'm telling you. We keep playing with God like this and he will turn you over to your vile affections. So, verse 9 is telling us that the born again believer in Christ Jesus now has the righteous character. Of God living on the inside of him. That person. Holy Spirit now indwells. Therefore, because of that transformation. That rebirth. He is saying he who is born again cannot habitually live a life of sin because he is born of God and longs to please him. That's the key. We no longer want to please the flesh. We long, we earnestly, we, we strive, this is what we now do we want to do those things that pleases god so just for the record we are going to read passages from 1 John 3 to get clarity of the situation so that there will There will be no misunderstanding. That's the best way I can put it. That we as children of God must stay out of sin. Beloved, we... Please get the memo of the day. We are not supposed to be sinning. So... For some of y'all to keep, and I'm a y'all should know me by now on this podcast. I, I I get straight to the heart of the matter with all of this big cry baby and hot mess talking about. Well, it's just so impossible to stop sinning. So you mean to tell me you don't sin? You mean to tell me that you don't have lustful thoughts? Uh, beloved, stop it. Stop it and grow up. At some point, we must grow in spiritual maturity. We need to get over here in this world turn off the TV, stop watching all of those reality shows, stop watching soap operas, night operas, stop going to the club, stop sleeping around, stop masturbating, stop watching porn, put down the weed, put down the alcohol and the cigarettes, stop being angry, stop being bitter, stop gossiping, stop being a busybody, love the brethren, love God then maybe you can get some clarity that we are not supposed to be sinning. This is where we keep missing it. You think holiness is optional when it is not. It is commanded. It is mandated. We don't have a say about whether or not we are going to be holy on any given day. We have commanded to be holy. It was not a suggestion. It was not a could you, would you please, heaven would be so pleased. Absolutely not. The commandment from the commander-in-chief, Himself, Jesus Christ, told us to go, comma, and sin no more. But for the fact we are still sinning, we are being disobedient. And this is why, and I'm so glad it has been recorded in the Gospel of John, whom He was talking to about who his sheep is because his sheep, his sheep, listen to him. So when he says, little sheep, stop sinning for now on henceforth, go thy way and stop sinning. We obey and go thy way and stop sinning. Yes. Why? Because we love him. He laid down his life in such a horrific, violent, brutal, bloody, shameful fashion. Study Isaiah. It talks about how when Jesus was hanging on the cross, dying for our sins, the people looked upon him, and they were appalled. They were horrified at what they were looking at. Isaiah prophesied that Jesus looked unrecognizable as a human being. His form, his body, his face, it was so mutilated. It was so disfigured that he no longer looked human beloved listen if that don't move you to compassion and love for the one who died like that for you all i gotta say is that you are a cold piece of work cold you ain't got no love for christ If what he did for you don't move you unto righteousness, well, then I don't know what will. You got to understand the price heaven paid for your sanctification. We were rescued. We were ransomed out of the kingdom of darkness. Do you not realize we were held bound. We were on our way straight to a bird in hell. Yes, hell is a literal place. And if we keep playing with God, we are going to experience it firsthand. So, verse 4 of 1 John 3. John tells us this, everyone who practices sin, also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Mm -hmm. So what is lawlessness? Well, it is ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing, being unrestrained by his commands and his will. Mhm. Listen. The Lord Jesus Christ gave us his law, right? When he ratified the new covenant with his blood, he told us that we are to now love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. He said that on those two commandments, all of the law, all 613 of them and the writings of the prophets all now hang on those two commandments. So we fulfill the law of God when we do what Jesus told us, because if you are loving God like that, With everything within you. You are not going to willfully continue to sin. Loving our neighbor like we love ourselves. We are not going to commit adultery with them. We are not going to covet them. We are not going to kill them. We are not going to steal from them. None of that. Why? Because we love God. We now operate in love, by his grace, with the mindset that because he was so merciful unto me, a wretched sinner, I'm not looking to break up this fellowship again. Now that I've been through Christ Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection, I have now been placed in right standing with God. So now that I'm back in his favor I personally and I pray you too do not want to find yourselves outside of the fellowship again being being back on that broad way straight to a burning hell folks we got to wake up do you not realize Christ Jesus is on his way back And probably sooner than that, we just may go by the way of the grave. Only to what? Die in our sins? I don't know about you, but I'm not trying. I'm not trying to go to hell. So listen. Verse 5 of 1 John 3. You know that he appeared in visible form. As a man in order to take away sins and in him, there is absolutely no sin for he has neither the sin nature, nor has he committed sins or, or acts worthy of blame. Amen. So listen, here we go. Verse six. And I love it, Holy Spirit, that John is being repetitive for a reason. So that we can get the mind right. We ain't supposed to be sinning. Verse 6, John says, No one who abides in him, who remains United in fellowship with him, deliberately, knowingly, habitually practices sin. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. Uh-huh. So we can, we can talk out of both sides of our necks. Until the cows come home about how, oh, I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah, but aren't you still in that adulterous remarriage? Well, I don't believe that that what Jesus said, that that, that was the correct interpretation of it. So you mean to tell me that you got it right, but Jesus got it wrong? Well, n- what I'm saying is that I prayed and Jesus said that he was fine with me being in this remarriage because he knows how the first marriage, oh, it was just horrendous. And, and he wants me to be happy now so that I can serve him in peace. Ooh, child. Mm, mm, mm. I want to know how that argument is going to go down on judgment day. Cause folks, listen, John just told us, right? If we are not abiding in Christ Jesus habitually, we have not, what he say, we haven't, where you at? Mm, right. We had, we had not known him or has seen him. Mm-hmm. And this is why Jesus was saying that on the, <clears throat> excuse me, on the day that he judges the inhabited world in righteousness, <clears throat> excuse me, he is going to tell many, especially these false prophets. I never knew you. I, I don't even know what household you come from. Depart from me you worker of iniquity, you work, beloved, listen, people work at being sinners, and when they get the paycheck of eternal destruction, now everybody is shell-shocked, when the whole time, correction from the brethren, was telling you you are living a life of sin. If you and if you do not come out of it, you are going to be judged. But you kept. Oh no, 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 no! You're going to hell because you're being self righteous. Because John says, if you say you have no sin, then you are a liar, beloved. Again. These people want us to be on board with the madness that you can stay in willful, habitual, blatant sin and still have fellowship with the Father and the Son and you are on a fast track to heaven. Let me drink my tea so I can calm down. Mm. Beloved, look, listen, okay? It's too early for the bell. Let me help you out. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit does not authorize sin. No sin. No, not even a little bit of it. None of it. They don't approve. So, if you keep saying, Jesus told you through prayer that you get to stay in that sin, I assure you that was not Jesus Christ. Not at all. We are not supposed to be living a life of continuing everyday sin. You go to bed in your sin. You wake up in your sin. You... You glorify your sin because we see all your little vacation trips over there on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and you are living with a spouse when you already have a living spouse. Beloved, we ain't going to make it. We keep living like that. We ain't going to make it. So listen, back over here before I get completely sidetracked, because I know I was saying something. But anywho, verse 7 of 1 John 3. Little children, believers, dear ones, do not let anyone lead you astray. Amen. And this is what I was talking about. When, when someone axes you, okay cuz you are bringing them righteous and and holy living teachings and they say to you so you mean to tell me you don't sin cuz if you say no then you are a liar beloved when john said that he was talking about who the who the liar truly is it is they who have unconfessed sin they have not repented apparently they don't feel a need to repent and so when you ask that person do you sin and they say no well then they are lying because they have not confessed their sin they believe they have fellowship with the father The one who is actually living a life of repentance. When you ask that one, don't you sin? And they say to you, my life is not characterized by willful sin. You you are a liar. Because John says, if you say you have no sin, beloved, please read. Please read. All of first John one, take it, read that whole chapter leading into first John two, because John tells us who the liar is. He was not talking about the one who is living a life of righteousness and holiness, because we know God ain't playing with that lake of fire. And these reprobates, wants us to join in on the madness. So I say speak for yourself because these are they who say we are still sinners, still sinners, even having come into Christ. No, speak for yourself. I've been born again. I am saved by the grace of God and therefore his I'm listening to my great shepherd. He gave the command to go and sin no more. Amen. So I'm so glad John tells us over here in verse 7 of 1 John 3, Do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness The one who strives, see what I'm saying? We are striving to live a life that is consistently honorable, both in private and in public. And we strive to conform to God's precepts. We are not being rebellious and wayward. Okay, I hate to break it to you, but some of us actually love God. Some of us actually appreciate what Christ Jesus has done on our behalf. Some of us actually are striving to live in this temporal life, knowing that eternity is on the cusp and the kingdom, the The literal physical kingdom of God is right there waiting for us. So how we live our lives now is gearing us up for eternity. I'm not living in the moment and you should not be living in the moment, enjoying the pleasures and treasures of this world. No, this is not our home. So so why are you doing the things that heathens do who don't know our God? Why? Because you love your body parts more than Jesus? You love people more than Jesus? Well, you are going to have to pay for that choice you make. While in the body suit. And this is why I believe the Lord has given me this podcast. Listen, I am a walking testimony. You can't live dual lives. You can't eat from both the Lord's table and the table of demons. No. I'm here. As a witness to the goodness of Christ, He saved me. I was on my way straight to a burning hell. So, all I want to do now is warn the brethren that once we are in Christ, we must repent and live holy, clean, chaste lives going forward. That's it. So, I pray that with the many lessons on this podcast, because I already told y'all, the Lord only gave me but one message. And the fact that Holy Spirit was able to stretch that one message I've been given over 500 plus episodes, that alone is a miracle. Okay? Only got one message. Repent and believe and turn back to God. Stop sinning. Otherwise, we will all go straight to a burning hell. That's the only message he gave me to tell the people to stop sinning because he's on his way back. And when he returns, he will have his reward with him. And he will, in fact, give to every single person according to the fruit of. Of his doings. And he will give to every man. According to his ways. Amen. Thank you Holy Spirit. That's the only message I have. I I don't have nothing else to give you. I can't tell you. It's okay to keep on sinning. Because after all. We live in these flesh bodies. We, We live in this. In this fallen world. With all of the temptations. And. And we, just by our sinful nature, we are still going to be sinners. No, I'm here to say no to that rubbish. It is rubbish. So, I only got one message. So, if you are tired of of hearing, we must live clean. We got to live holy. Jesus is coming back, well, then maybe this may not be the podcast field now, the Holy Spirit inspires me to to package that one mess <laughs> one message I received from the Lord to package it in different scenarios because this is uh, right, Holy Spirit, this is why these lessons come about different scenarios how to apply the one message to our lives and so we have different episodes that that's circled around the one message live clean live holy so we can inherit eternal life and and do the work of an evangelist while we hear as we listen and follow Jesus' instruction about what else he wants us to do for the kingdom. Because he has a great harvest that is lacking workers. He need laborers to go out and preach the gospel to the lost and to shake up the sleeping religious brethren. All they want is church. They don't want to follow Jesus because that means like he told us to be his follower, to pick up our cross daily, crucify that flesh, deny yourself and come and follow him. Jesus said to be his follower, his disciple, we cannot love anyone more than him, and that includes self. Yeah. Yeah. So, verse eight the one who practices sin, separating himself from God, and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference, or Or rebellion is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. Uh Uh-huh. Amen. So, if you are blatantly, habitually offending God by your acts of disobedience, Indifference. It's like just 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 trampling over the precious blood of the covenant as if it didn't save your little wretched soul. You know, it it really don't matter how Jesus died for you. You just indifference to sin. You don't want to call no one out of sin. You don't want to offend no one, but you offend God. <sighs> Beloved. I hate to keep breaking this to you, but we ain't going to make it. Listen, he says, the one who offends God by their acts of disobedience, rebellion, and indifference is of the devil. Yes, and I have seen many of the devil. So then, He says that they take the devil's inner character and moral values from the devil, not from God, for the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. Uh Uh-huh. The son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. And then here we go back at verse 9. No one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. Nope. And then if we come down to verse 10, by this, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. Here we go. John is about to lay it out on front street for us so we can stop arguing amongst one another. We can stop debating. John is telling us how we can clearly, clearly identify children of the devil and children of God. He says Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose is not of God, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brethren. Brother. Amen. So if all you are doing is backbiting, you are slandering the brethren, you constantly take pot shots when you see a, a brother stumbling, as opposed to lifting them up in prayer. Here you go. Talking about, no, I, I prayed, but I'm here to tell you thus and so and thus and so, you are just a busybody. And the fact that you have hatred, settled hatred in your heart. You got offended years ago, but now that you see an opportunity to throw pot shots at the person, here you go doing just that, just being messy. You are not of God, beloved. I hate to break it to you, Miss Missy, because you're not. So... I had mentioned in a previous episode, but it bears repeating because we got to set the foundation before I let you all go. As children of God, these are our marching orders, our marching orders and truths of our freedom from sin because of the atoning sacrifice of Christ on our behalf at the cross as well as the consequence of if we abide not in Christ, but remain in willful, habitual practice in sin, we face the wrath of God. Amen. So we have John 8 verses 10 to 11. When Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw no and saw none but the woman we all know the story right the woman who was caught in the bed of adultery well the Pharisees and the scribes and the village mob threw the poor woman down at Jesus feet and Jesus gave them the business cuz he had told them earlier he who has no sin, cast the first stone. And one by one, from the youngest to the oldest, they all dropped their rocks and left. So, verse 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Had no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go, comma, and sin no more. Amen. And I am so glad the Holy Spirit allowed John to write this down. Because we see the pattern. This is the pattern. Once Jesus does not condemn you, once you received His forgiveness, the next thing you do is go and sin not. Going forward in your life, you should sin not. No, He don't understand why you are still sinning. By His grace, He is giving you time to abide in Him, grow But if all you are still doing is habitually sin, then you taking his grace as a license to sin. And you think Jesus don't know what you are doing? I, I don't know what it is. People don't realize Christ is wisdom. He ain't slow. He's not dumb. He gets it. Okay. And so if you think that you can outmaneuver God, you're going to be in a world of pain. Listen, Romans six. I love me some Romans six. Listen in verse seven, Paul says for the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin because beloved This is where a lot of us miss this foundational teaching about sin. Because I was trying to figure out then why are we still sinning knowing that Christ died for our sin? And then the Holy Spirit gave me this inspired thought. We think we are still slaves as if sin still has a major say as if although Christ is God and he died for our sins, sin still reigns supreme anyway. And guess what? It does not. I hate to break it to you, but what Christ did for us supersedes the power of sin because guess what he did to its power he abolished it he destroyed it so we see in verse 7 Paul is telling us which actually backs up what John was saying that how since The born again believer now has God's righteous character living on the inside of them. They cannot go on habitually sinning. So Paul is saying over here in Romans 6 verse 7, the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Amen. And if we come down to verse 11, he said, even so consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken. Do you consider yourselves to be dead with sin? I mean, to be, to be dead to sin. Has your relationship with it been broken? Because it better be, okay? Not that, well, it should be because you know it really will be nice. No, it better not be. Listen, your relationship with sin, it better be broken before we get snatched up out of these body suits. Oh, beloved, please. Listen, he says... Verse 11, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. So if any fellowship you should be united with, it should be the one with God in Christ Jesus. That's the one, it shouldn't be broken. That relationship should not ever be broken ever again. So, come down to verse 14. Paul is telling us about sin. Sin will no longer be a master over you. Since you are not under law as slaves, but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. You got to realize, beloved, we are recipients of God's favor and mercy. And we should treasure that. We should not write Holy Spirit. We should not allow anything to come between our relationship with the one who laid down his life and shed his precious matchless blood on our behalf. Nothing treasure the fact that we now have right standing with the father. We have peace. We are recipients Of his favor and mercy. Do you not know what? No. How great. How wonderful it is to be a recipient of God's favor and mercy. When all we got to do is turn over to the Old Testament. And we see God is the God of wrath, justice, and fire. Okay. And to now have his favor and mercy that's something that ought to be treasured and and highly appreciative of because we could be facing the other side of god you don't want his wrath and for the life of me people please stop saying no man can judge me but god you don't want god to judge you beloved oh no no you you speak of Not what you understand. You don't want the judgment of God up there being funny. So listen, Ephesians 5, starting at verse 5 to 7. For of this you can be sure. Because, beloved, if we think God is playing, Ephesians 5 is the light that must be turned on for you and for me. For of this you can be sure no immoral impure or greedy person such a person is an idolator has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. See, we don't want none of that, beloved. You should not want any bit of God's wrath. Yes, he is love. Paul is telling us his wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Verse 7, therefore, do not be partners with them. Amen. Do not be deceived, beloved. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. So, let's get to another point. Yeah, folks, we all need to do self-examination to see where we are in the faith. Or are we deceiving ourselves to think we have fellowship with the Father and the Son when in fact we don't? So, let me ask you, before I let you go, how do you know if God is abiding in you? What is your proof? Because your answer got to line up with what the Bible tells us in 1 John 3 24. Before we get to that, beloved, are you truly born again? Do you hate sin? Is your life all about sin? Are you are you living a lifestyle that is cultivated by sin? Not that you miss the mark. I'm I'm not talking about missing missing God on something and you repent in godly sorrow you confess that sin you go to the father you get that blood bath you need and he will cleanse you and purge you and just like Jesus told the woman who was caught in sin to go after he's forgiven her no longer are you under condemnation you are to go forward and sin no more Mhm Are you living a holy, respectable life in private and in public? Okay. I pray the answer was yes. I am living a life that is not characterized by sin. I'm not willfully doing anything that offends God. I'm looking to please him always. I long to please him. I listen, follow, and obey Jesus. He is my great shepherd. I am being led by Holy Spirit. I am not bucking up against the sanctification process. I understand. I am in training. I'm I'm learning how to be holy, how to put away the works of the flesh, I'm learning how to put away anything and all peoples out of my life. And I don't care who they are. Children, parents, auntie, uncle, cousin, friend, foe, co-workers. Everybody gots to go. If you hate Jesus, I am no longer a friend of yours. If you are a family member and you hate Jesus, I will love you from afar, but we cannot be in communion. I can't. Why? Because bad company will corrupt good morals. Eventually, your lifestyle will rub off on me and all this good work that I've been yielded to by Holy Spirit will go right out the window and then I'll be back on that Broadway with you hell bound. No, I don't care. I don't care even if I gave birth to you. I don't love you more than I love Jesus. That may sound harsh, but the reality is all of us will have to stand before Jesus alone to give an account for the life we chose to live. Because he told us "You, you can't love Mother or father, brothers or sisters, or what he says, sons and daughters, not even yourself, more than you love him. So oh, that right? First John 3:24. Okay? This is the proof that God is abiding in us, right? Because I ask you, how do you know? that God is in fact abiding in you and y'all have a relationship. Well, John tells us over here in John three twenty four. the one who habitually keeps his commandments, obeying his word and following his precepts, abides and remains in him and he in him. By this, we know and have the proof that he really abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us as a gift. Amen. So are you keeping his commandments? Are you practicing lawlessness? Because I told you what lawlessness was. It is ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing, being unrestrained by his commands and his will. Amen. And beloved, we are not talking about the Ten Commandments. Are we we abiding by those? Because Jesus gave us two commandments and he said, all of the law hang now on those two commandments, and that includes the Ten Commandments. So in the New Testament, we are following Christ's commandments. So back up here real quick in verse 4, John tells us that everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness amen and if you think that's hard enough not only must we obey the father and the son but we must love the brethren it is commanded i know some of y'all might not like each other well then too bad because we are not called to like each other we are called to love one another Amen. So let's take another look at verse 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose is not of God, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Amen. Verse 11, for this is the message which you believers have heard from the beginning of your relationship with Christ, that we should unselfishly love and seek the best for one another and not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother Abel. And why did he murder him? because Cain's deeds were evil and his brothers were was were righteous amen and beloved we see a lot of this spirit of Cain on the brethren they hate the one who is living righteously who who strives not to offend God and they and they murder us with their words, if not sometimes literally. Mm-hmm. So, verse 13, do not be surprised, brother uh, believers. If the world hates you, we know that we have passed out of death into life. Why? Because we love the brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. This is another identifying mark if you are truly born again, if you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. So he says, verse 15, everyone, no, 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 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers and sisters. He who does not love remain in spiritual death. Verse 15, everyone who hates, meaning working against your brother in Christ, is at heart a murderer by God's standards. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Oh, Holy Spirit, I heard that. You know how Christ says over there in Revelation 21, 8, among the many sins he lists, he also talks about no murderer. This, you can actually commit murder in your heart when you hate the brethren. So you may not have physically killed anyone, but you got murder in your heart. That's hatred toward your brother. And you are not going to make it into heaven. With all of your sanctifying good works. You do at the church. Okay. I'm telling y'all. Listen. This is a tight race. We. We. We got to play this close to the vest. We got to. We got to cleave to Jesus. I'm telling you. It's so easy to miss heaven. So. So where was I verse 16 right by this we know and have come to understand the death uh, death and essence of his precious love that he willingly laid down his life for us because he loved us and we ought to lay down our lives for the believers but whoever has the world's goods adequate resources and sees his brother in need but has no compassion for him, how does the love of God live in him? Little children, believers, dear, dear ones, let us not love merely in theory with words or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth in practice, and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. Amen. Talking about, well, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. When, some, when when the brethren is asking you $5 to get a bagel and a cup of coffee, and, and you got the money, but you say, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. Meanwhile, the brother is hungry and you could have with a practical act of love of giving him some money, giving him or her some money so they could either sleep at a hotel for the night or just have a cup of coffee and a, and a crumb cake and you got the money driving off in your Lexus talking about, praise the Lord, I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, okay. By this, we will know without any doubt that we are of the truth and will assure our heart and quiet our conscience before him. Amen. Beloved, you all can read the rest. All the way down to verse 24. Because verse 24, I'm going to leave y'all with verse 24. The one who habitually keeps his commandments, obeying his word and following his precepts, abides and remains in him and he in him. By this, we know and have the proof that he really abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us as a gift. Amen. So, If anyone has been sleeping through the podcast, well, let me do a recap what we've learned today by the Holy Spirit. Children of God, love one another. If this is the command, then we have another question to get to. Are you in fact a child of God? Because God's children love each other. And and if you do not, well, then John, by the Spirit of God, tells us. Back up over there in verse Mm 9. We're not going to make it. So look, recap. Number one, no one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin because God's seed, his principle of life, the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. Amen. Number two, And he who is born again cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin because he is born of God and longs to please him. Amen. Number three, by this, this is in verse 10 of 1 John 3, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought and in thought, action and purpose is not of God. Amen. And lastly, number four, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Amen. So, John is here telling us that if you disobey God and not seek his will in thought, action and purpose, and you do not unselfishly love your believing brother, brother or sister in Christ, then you, my friend, are not of God and you are in fact still a slave to sin. Amen. That's pretty much cut and dry. So we don't have to play all of these church games, hypocritically loving the brethren and taking God as a joke that we can live a life of lawlessness of lawlessness and hypocrisy and still make it into heaven. No, friend, you and I are greatly grossly deceived and we need to repent. Because we're going the wrong way. You must stop, turn, and go the other way. Amen. Our Lord and Master told us in John 8, 11 to go, comma, and sin no more. He did not say, go, comma, and sin some more. Amen. Amen. Father, how grateful we are that we have your word that you have set aside these holy men to write your wisdom down, that we can go to your word and study to show ourselves approved so that we can get the reproof, we can get the correction and instruction, training in righteousness, learning how to be right. Doing what is good, whether or not people are watching us or not, we strive not to offend you, we strive to do good works unto righteousness. For we know the day of judgment of Christ's coming is fastly approaching. And with that in mind, we we have, committed ourselves we have devoted ourselves to love you with everything within us and to love our believing brethren and to stay out of willful blatant habitual lawlessness may we put away all sin and live clean live holy And to consider all the ways we take before you because you see everything. And let us not forget what John told us while he was exiled on that rocky island of Patmos. Over here in Revelation 20 verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Amen. And Father, we know verse 15 well. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. Father, thank you for your favor and your mercy. That if we endure until the end, like Jesus told us, we shall be saved. We can actually experience eternal life now when we remain abiding in Christ Jesus, listening, following, and obeying him, and loving our believing brothers and sisters in Christ. And then when you call us home, we shall have eternal life. We shall live in your kingdom For all of eternity. So no matter how this thing goes down. While we are still in the body. We live for Christ. Not for sin. We live to Christ. We consider ourselves to be dead to sin. And our relationship to it broken. In the name of Jesus, I give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, beloved. Well, there we have it. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Do not be deceived. Bad company will always corrupt your good morals. Come to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. To God be the glory, both now and forevermore.